Thanks for taking time to listen to this podcast from First United Methodist Church, Andover Campus, in the Hamburg area of beautiful Lexington, Kentucky. This morning's podcast is a little bit different than normal. This Sunday was our Hanging of the Green service, in which we use all kinds of different voices and speakers to tell the story of the symbols of this season. We've recaptured a couple of the elements from this week's sermon and put it in this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy it and hope you'll come back and listen again for more of our sermons as we go through this season, Advent, uh, the season of longing, the season of hope, the season of anticipation. Thanks so much. Have a graceful day. Grace and peace. Whether sacred or secular, this season has the ability to fill almost everyone with a sense of anticipation and hope. We hear the familiar tunes in malls and in restaurants and here in the church, and we're lifted up somehow. The words capture our ears and our attention, peace on earth, goodwill to all. We need this season. I need this season. We need the the anticipation. We need the hope. In 1863, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, poet, was missing the goodwill and the peace on earth. He had lost his wife of 18 years just two years prior, and war was tearing apart his household and the nation. His household was being torn apart as his son that March, in March of that year had left home and family and signed up for service in the Union Army, his father finding out in a letter months later. The war and worry for his son consumed Longfellow. It filled him with guilt, frustration, and despair. Longfellow was drawn from his thoughts, these dark places, to the sounds of church bells. And as he listened, the song of the angels came to his mind, the song of peace on earth, goodwill towards man. And on that cold morning, bells and the scriptures filled him with grief, with cannons thundering in the distance, with so much loss surrounding him. Longfellow sat and wrote words, reflections on those bells. As despair gripped his heart, he wrote, Hate is strong, mocks the song of peace on earth and goodwill towards men. He paused, and the bell still chimed. Over the noise came their call, and Longfellow's despair gradually began to clear. The bells began saying something more. With a little bit of hope starting to stir in his soul, he wrote, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. This is the longing of Advent, a longing that invites us to a reawakening. So this season, let us bring our uncertainties, our troubles, our worries, and let's hear the longing of Advent. Let's choose to hear and speak peace on earth, goodwill to all. This morning's scripture comes to us from Isaiah 40. 1 through 5. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed 
and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In 1741, a man named Charles Jennings delivered a series of scriptural texts to a composer living outside of London. The composer took those words and a mere 24 days later added a postscript to his finished piece. This first edition of the work, these little three letters for the postscript, SDG, Sole Deo Gloria, to God alone the glory. The work would be performed that spring in Dublin, mainly to make sure that it was worthy of larger audiences. That following year, it was brought to London, and it was rumored that at the premiere, King George II was so moved by the words and the music that he stood. He stood to honor the work and the person for whom the piece had been written. Since that time, the tradition continues that when the Hallelujah Chorus of George Frederick Handel's Messiah Begins, Everybody stands. Originally, Messiah was written for Easter, but over the years it's become the story of Christmas. The masterpiece is done in three parts, telling the story of Jesus. The first part of his promised coming, and second, his life and work, third, his death, and ultimately of his triumphant victory and resurrection. This incredible masterpiece continues to be a much-loved favorite of our season. The passage from Isaiah read this morning is the first words sung in Handel's Messiah after an incredible opening instrumental piece. We hear a tenor come out and sing, Comfort, comfort ye my people. Isaiah's words were written in a dark time in the history of Israel. The people had been taken into exile by Babylon. Their sin and rebellion had been so much that it had reached a place where God could not allow them to continue, so their nation was smashed. They were overtaken by another people. The people, seeing their nation destroyed, believing their God to be silent, silent to their suffering, they were the people overcome with despair. And to this, the prophet has a message. In their suffering, in the stillness and silence of nothingness, there is a promise that is given. Comfort, comfort to my people, says your God. The prophet is told to speak tenderly. That sad days are gone, that sins are pardoned, rebellion is forgiven. But God isn't finished. The prophet continues, there is a voice calling out, clear the way for the coming of the Lord. Isaiah's words must have been like a warm blanket on a bitterly cold night. The words must have been absolutely something to hear and feel and experience. I wonder, have you ever anticipated or longed for something so much that words could never capture your feelings? Sixteen years ago, Joy and I were waiting for the arrival of our Alex. We were on pins and needles as our most first-time parents we couldn't wait for him to show up. I can remember placing my hand on Joy's belly and feeling him kick or watching him jump when he had the hiccups. Eight months prior, we had a different set of feelings. Joy's doctor's appointment revealed some concerns. There was possibility even that we were about to have a miscarriage, a word that all 
soon-to-be parents, fear, dread. The ache was more real than anything I had ever felt. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed. Our friends prayed. Our family spread out all over the globe at that point prayed. Our pastor laid hands on us and he prayed. We went back to the doctor the next week and we waited with held breath as the ultrasound technician turned on the machine and we heard a sound that changed our world. A heartbeat, fast and strong. This one's got a strong heart, the technician said. When Alex was born, I remember the nurse taking him and doing all the poking and prodding. I followed like a little puppy. She wrapped him up and she looked at me and she said, Dad, do you want to take your son to his mama? Darn right I do. <laughs> I took him and walked him over to Joy, laid him into her arms. I was blessed to be able to do that same thing with all three of my boys. We longed to have them in our hands because they were already in our hearts. See, this is the kind of longing that is best made possible in Advent. Not the longing for stuff, not the longing for one more suite or one more party to have to go to, but a longing where our hands and our heart meet together, where comfort is spoken over us by a God who says, I want to speak tenderly to you, to tell you that I'm on your side. That's what the prophet's audience would have heard. Our God says comfort. Our God says sad days are over. Our God has heard this longing for him to come and to be with us. And at a gut level, we know that it's during Advent that this offering can be ours. But the question remains, how do we cultivate it? How do we find the ability to wait when there's so much noise? How do we find comfort when this comfort of a racing, rapid and rabid season overwhelms us. This Advent season, I'd like to offer a suggestion. It's a suggestion that will demand much, much of you. Choose stillness. Reject racing and instead wait. I told you it would cost you. But simply and ridiculously, wait. Take time to soak in the, the signs of the season. Listen. Pause. Stop. Choose stillness. Watch twinkle lights and the fluttering of a candle. Let the longing of peace on earth and goodwill towards all be allowed to grip your heart. Each Sunday, I'm going to choose to have a shorter time of message. I want to leave you with an Advent practice. Today I want to invite you to put everything in your hands to the side and find a way to be still. Close your eyes and wait. Let anticipation settle into your thoughts. Let the idea and emotions soak into your life of longing. Let it spread across your imagination as you look toward Christmas. Be still. Wait. Breathe in the comfort of a God who is for you. A God who says, I did come. I am coming back. 
I can come in your madness and in your noisy world and I can give you my very life. Be still. Wait. We long for so much during the seasons, sacred and secular. I invite you to choose a different kind of longing, a longing for the holy, an anticipation for the divine, a stillness so that God can come and be born all over again in our hearts and in our hands.